hey, hi, hello, and how are you? And welcome to Watch It Again. <laughs> I'm Ew. Jacob. I was not expecting that. <laughs> I'm Kat. <laughs> I'm Naomi. And as always, there's also... I'm Nick. Fuck off. Dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, everyone may have noticed there's an extra name that was just inserted <laughs> there. So uh, we're joined this week by Naomi, otherwise known as Spoons. You might remember me from the, uh, what do we do, the dinosaur episode? Jurassic Park. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She was uh, in I the corner there. of the room for a little bit. <laughs> um, fuck. <laughs> Off the rails already. Um, so, watch again is a podcast where we go through 101 movies to see before you die. Um, this is episode 16. We're up to 2001, A Space Odyssey from 1968. Mm. All I can say is, what a fucking slog. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, I guess, uh, Nick, because you're the yeah, most man. recent of us to watch, to watch this, because mm-hmm. you watched it in the middle of the night last night. Yeah. Do you just want to tell us a bit about what the movie is about? and Just the basic plot. Just a basic plot outline, if that's all right. I've got a Wikipedia open, oh, so fuck. I'll compare you. Look. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, word for word. before I say anything, I... I liked it. So did I. I, I. I enjoyed a chunk of it a lot, but no. <laughs> a chunk okay. of it? What about the rest of it? <laughs> okay. Um, fuck, yeah. I uh, enjoyed the ending and that was it. Like the movie ending. Oh, so you enjoyed that it was over? Yes. <laughs> so like it wasn't like, I enjoyed the last sequence. It was like it mm, ended and no. then you were happy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And so I feel like Spoons, you're in agreement there? Um, there were moments where it was like, beautiful and captivating and then other times where you just wanted it to end <laughs> so bad yeah mm-hmm. i basic plot it, nick yeah, we're yeah. Still, okay <laughs> you're not getting out of this son <laughs> give me one sec i'm just gonna he's googling uh, it after we're discovering a surface i want your words not the internet on a quest to find its origin with help from Intelligent supercomputer HAL 9000. Okay, that, yeah, that'll do. Okay. That, yeah, that's pretty much it. Like, um, they're basically traveling through space, this guy, two guys, and a robot computer, AI intelligence, to try and find where this weird black box came from. I really got thrown off by this, I think, considering like the first like hour is boardrooms. Three different sections yeah. to this movie. There's pre-man, then there's like the moon sequence and the discovery of it, and then there's the actual going beyond flight yeah. to Jupiter and that sequence. Um ooh. <laughs> ooh. Well, you always seem to make Every weird week. Noise. This is a weird sense. noise. It's just a noise. Are you gonna I'm like sorry. pop one day? <laughs> I think so. Um ready or not style and just go boom. I don't know. <laughs> 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 I finally watched that yesterday. We'll get that later. Um, so. Oh, there's a chunk of mango in this smoothie. Okay. Um, so there's the pre-man sequence, which is the opening of the film, was the very last thing to be shot. So that was done after all the space stuff was wrapped. They then filmed the pre-man, like, apes sequences. Um, all the opening shots, I don't know if you guys noticed, Every single of the opening shots across the desert and Africa and all that are all still photos. Yeah. Everything's still, like, photographed on those opening shots. Mm -hmm. What they did... Stanley Kubrick was... Had a fear of flying. 
even though he holds a pilot license, he did not like flying that far. So he stayed in the studio in England. And he had, like, a grid reference. And he had numbers down one side and then letters across the top. And they would send, like, you know, the photo. This would take, like, a lot of back and forth. But he had a direct phone line to the photographers. And they would line up saying the mountain range is on... C starts at C4 and goes to here and he's like no I want it to start at you know M14 so he'd direct them of where he wanted things placed in this grid for the shot without actually seeing the shot so like battleship yeah so he'd kind of he used they used this grid sequence for him to be like I want the mountain range to cover this part of the grid that's, that's cool. awesome because he didn't want to go there and they couldn't because it's the 60s yeah send the photo quickly to him also, England to Africa is not that long of a flight, is it? It's a decent. To like... where they were in Africa, it's a decent way. But he just didn't like flying. Okay. He just wasn't a fan. Okay. Although he had to do it sometimes because America to England, England to America, you know, there was a lot of mm. back and forth for that. But, um, yeah, so that whole sequence is... Oh, my headphones just went funny again. Mine are all good. I've only got one ear. My ear came back and then it went away again. Anyway, um, <laughs> so that pre-man sequence, it's to display the evolution of kind of the start of intelligent thought. So the monolith appears and the monolith is a whole, like much the main driving point of this plot is to find out what the monolith is or where it came from. And it appears to one of the groups of apes. There's two separate kind of, I suppose you could say tribes or... Mm. families um, and when you first see them they, they're screaming at each other and it's just a basic low level intelligence form of intimidation it's just screaming making noise jumping around to scare the other group away from the warring hole so they can use it and then when the monolith appears the next time the apes meet the group that's interacted with the monolith is standing up on two legs they're holding bones as weapons and they're silent so one group of apes is still screaming and bouncing around, but the group that's been exposed to the monolith has learnt what a weapon is, and they use the weapons to beat up and kill one of the other apes, but only one of them screaming and not screaming like the other apes. So it shows that they've stepped, they've been exposed to something, and they're kind of learning. And I watched an interview with some of the production crew and they wanted it first, when the monolith appeared, to have a screen. And the screen would show things to the apes, but it was too hard to do. So they just went with the plain black. So it was originally going to have a screen, and the screen would be showing the apes how to use tools, how to create fire, hmm. and all these different things. But they couldn't do it because it was the 60s. So instead it was kind of just like, you just have to kind of accept that that's what they've been, like the thoughts kind of gone into their head. So they're like, you know, and then we get probably one of the first ever like movement transition shots mm. and we cut from the end of that sequence to pretty much three million years in the future oh, essentially the, the bone the bone so the the spaceship yeah. yeah but it's not a spaceship oh, the... it's a nuclear war like platform so it's uh, it so it's gone from the first weapon which is the bone being used thrown into the air to the ultimate weapon which is an orbital nuclear satellite I didn't get that yeah, yeah. and that's I only knew it was that from 
stuff that I read in interviews I'd seen, that that's what it was. It went from the first weapon to the ultimate weapon. Mm. That's really cool. I think I like deconstructing it more than actually watching it. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> all the... So that studio where the, all the ape stuff is shot, mm. the photos that are used for the opening sequence, and they had other photos, are on a huge projector in the background. So you, those images are projected on and the stage rotated 360 degrees. So they would alter the stage angle to create the different environments and just change the projection on the background. There's only two times the camera enters the stage, which is during um, when the apes are huddled in underneath the rock and there's a close-up. And there's a second one I can't remember, but it's the only two. Everything else is shot with a telephoto lens. And you can tell because the apes that run across in front are massive if they run in front of it and the, you know, the subject's in the background. So this stage they used, they had a double-sided mirror in front of the camera. So the camera looked through that, and that's what the image was projected through onto the back screen. So if anything passed in front of it, it did not cast a shadow because it would, no matter what, be directly lined up. So if any of the ape actors cast a shadow, it'd be directly behind them and the camera wouldn't see it. Oh, that's, that's so clever. Cool. So it was this huge, like, purpose-built soundstage that's to awesome. film these sequences. And it was this... And if you watch the version I watched, which was the Blu-ray re-release, there's several times... Because the back screen wasn't one solid piece of fabric. It was lots of different ones overlapped with each other and attached to each other to kind of get out imperfections and hide imperfections from mm. the camera. But if you watch the Blu-ray version, in some of the shots, there's a weird pattern through the sky because it picks, like, the enhancing of the footage picks up all the different pieces of fabric. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. So, like, the version I watched, I was like, oh, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, why does that look so funny? Like, we didn't pick so that up. Yeah. yeah. We just watched the YouTube version, so. Yeah, so, like, it was really, like, so that was, like, such a... And they were so unsure of how they were going to do it and there were so many different ideas and that's why it was done last. Okay. Because they did everything else and then they came back to the studio and did that. It's such a long opening scene though. Yeah, it was not my favourite part of the movie. 20 There's, minutes of um, screaming apes. Throughout this movie, there's 88 minutes of no dialogue, including 25 consecutive minutes at the start and 23 consecutive minutes at the end. Which is a lot. Oh, yeah. Mm. And it honestly, like, I felt like it should be more than 88. Like, it felt like it's more yeah. than 88 minutes that don't have dialogue. But... I have a massive issue with all the audio. <laughs> which is what I want to... Do you want to... You can... We can go to that now. Because that's what I was... Yeah, now? I was going to go there next, so... I think it is totally naive to go into a, into making a movie and basically... it not try to make the audio as grand as the visuals like it was ridiculous it was so strange you'd have like complete silences and then you'd have these ridiculous loud dramatic wahoos going on and then nothing would happen I was actually half the time. My, my, I, I had compliments for the sound design for this film yeah I love the stuff in space because in space those no, pauses is when they're outside. Yeah. Oh, so if it goes to, yeah. if you're in space or if you're in a vacuum, 
it goes to like silence. But I feel like there was power in, and I, I've written in big letters, you guys can see it here, score. Mm. Well, yeah. There was power in the sway that the classical, because this movie originally, and I had it open on one of these pages. Um, I don't think it's that one. I just one. don't think the way they used it, like it's beautiful, but like the way they, they didn't build it up correctly because it just dragged on and mm. it, it didn't, I don't know, I feel like it just to be all done a bit better. So there was originally a completely original score from film composer Alex North. And Kubrick went to him, he composed this whole thing for the film. And then in post-production, Kubrick dropped it. What? Dropped the entire original score and went for um, Johann Strauss, the second um, blue, I'm going to get this wrong, Dunub Waltz, and the also Sprach Zarathustra, which is that iconic. Mm -hmm. And it's... Really powerful, but I think yeah. they used it too much. Yeah, and it mm. kind like, of... It was really good at the start and end, but... The waltz is through it a lot. but It's it very repetitive. Yeah. yeah. But I feel like there's points where it's really powerful, especially at the opening and most definitely the ending. 100%. It's used really powerfully, and I think it was a great use of the classical music, but I think there needed to be a third or fourth piece Yeah. in yeah. there. yeah. Because that waltz is played again and again and again and again. And to me, this film feels more like a display of technical ability rather than a standard narrative film. Oh, fully. Mm. Well, didn't Kubrick say he wanted it to be like a visual, mm. m much more visual than, um, than like story? I guess um, led. Yeah, it was it was more a visual experience for the audience rather than them going in to see what this spaceship and yeah. astronaut were getting up to. And there's only one real part of this movie where a soundscape is used. So for the majority of this film, you've either got dead silence, just the music. Or just dialogue. There's never really anything that overlaps, mm. except when he's in the spacesuit and they add the breathing. And you get that really heavy breathing as if someone's in a spacesuit, but it's really funny because you get a close up of him and he's just completely plain faced, mouth shut, mm, yeah. and the noise is this real heavy, like struggling to breathe. But that's kind of like the only place that, like, a sound effect is really used for someone or to add something into the film. Yeah, like even when there's lights flashing and all that and things obviously mm. going wrong, there's no like... There's no like alarms, yeah. noises or anything. Um, yeah, I, just, I don't know. I just found it kind of uncanny and it kind of disengaged me a yeah. lot. Um, we got a bit sidetracked and ended up looking up. Like Silver Sun and other Australian TV shows. Do you shows. remember Silver Sun? I do. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! Like so uh, good, so good. Oh, I forgot. Um, I'm just gonna jump back to the audio. No, to the pre-man bit I was talking about before. Oh right, yeah. The cheetah. 
there's a real cheater. Oh, does I, he jump on a person? Yeah, so there's a yeah, real cheater. I saw that and I was yeah. like, I saw that and I was like, <laughs> so there's a real cheater used in this, and there's real uh, the I can't remember what the other animals called, but there's real animals used in this mm. sequence, and there's a cheater. The cheater at one point is sitting on top of a zebra, but it's actually just a dead horse, painted. And the production crew complained because after a couple of days, the horse stunk. Oh, yeah. It would have been just and the chasing, But so they had tranquilizer darts on hand to manage the cheetah. Oh, my God. And that so shot, what the cheetah jumps on a stuntman and, like, genuinely jumps and attacks a stuntman. In the, and the apes, it had to be thick enough that the cheetah's teeth couldn't rip through it. Like, the rubber had to be strong enough that it couldn't actually kill him. The first take... It didn't go for him. It went for the people in the background. Oh, my God. And was tranked before it got there. The second take worked, and the second take's what's used. So it was a two-take shot. Well, you wouldn't want to do it anymore. No. And then, like, that was it. And, like, yeah, as soon as it's on top of him, they kind of have a little tussle, and then... How was that allowed? It was the 60s. You could do whatever you wanted. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Just, you know... Animal cruelty wasn't a thing back then. No. Um. <laughs> what? Oh, by the way, I thought that zebra was just like a piece of wood or something. No, that it was a dead it. horse. It's an actual think, dead horse. I can't believe that. Jesus. Why? <laughs> I guess... Um, Disgusting. I'll Kubrick, go into... Disgusting. I guess we can just start touching on visuals because I suppose we'll probably talk a, spend a little time talking about different aspects. Mm-hmm. But I kind of want to start off with the composition shots used in this film because there are some composition composition shots that are actually insane. There's a moment when they arrive at the space station and there is seven different groups of people in that shot that are tiny little specks on the oh, screen. I did yeah. notice that. And yeah. they're spread out all over this shot and it's a static shot with like which is the actual like sp- station itself and there's all these people that have been the composition shot, like put piece together to have these little movements throughout the whole thing. And then on top of that, the model ship coming in. And that is absolute insanity for the 60s. Oh, if I saw this out of context, I wouldn't be like, oh, 60s. Like, no, like, you think shit. it was like... I would have said late 70s. I like, would have said Star Wars. At, at least. Like at around least, the time yeah, of A New like, Hope. Like, looks, some of this looks better than like, Star Wars. When but. we yeah. spoke about Star Wars a couple of weeks ago... Or more than that now. Mid-December. Yeah, like probably like two months ago. We went all, I went on about how like it was this pioneering thing. And it was because Industrial, Industrial Light and Magic pioneered so many things. But Kubrick did so many things before that yeah. with this that are just absolutely insane. And I found myself like, oh, I know what that is because that's what they did in Star Wars. And I found myself like, oh, that's what that is. That's what that is. That's how they did that. Like kind of like, oh, that's really, really impressive to do that, you know, 12 years prior when they started making this film because the deadline for this film set by MGM was 1966 and it went two years over in production and didn't come out until 68. So like it was being made for a long period of time and the technical achievements that were made are just like astounding. Like the movie's amazing. Their use of models, like the opening, the first shot of the camera rising up with the moon with the earth and then the sun. Mm. Like that looks amazing. And I get, like you can guess 
that the moon is a model. But if you replace that moon with an actual, like, say, like if you did, like, a, so you say, digital re-release of, like, an updated, like, sort of what George Lucas did with Star Wars. If mm. someone went, I'm going to replace all the CGI in this, you could just replace that moon and the rest of the shot would look yeah, perfect. Like, you don't have to touch it. And so much of this movie, you wouldn't have to touch. Visually, yeah. Yeah, because it looks amazing now. And it's over 50 like years old. all the it's details beautiful. and all the ships mm. is just perfect. It's insane. A lot of the space stuff looked incredible. Mm. Yeah, and, it, like, they spent so much time on every single little detail of every single thing to make it look perfect. I guess, yeah. Um, I've also got, at the towards the end, there's the... Um, the vortex, the stargate, the whatever you want to call oh, it, yeah, we the mad, the mad, <laughs> the mad acid trip. Like me and my mate that I was watching it with, when I'm like, imagine just taking like dropping acid, and, and then watching, watching this, this movie, and just watching out. that last sequence, your brain would explode. <laughs> but to be able to achieve that, like that sequence, that color, that you know. Yeah. When this was made. It's Insanity. just, it blows your brain. Like, I think I know how they did it, but I'm not sure if I'm right. How do you think they did it? So I think it's two panel, like two scrolling or two panels of glass. Ooh. And they're putting lights on And they're it. projecting onto it. And the yeah. camera's getting like put between all the panels of glass coming past the camera. Yeah. And that's the only way I can think that that was done. There was one point actually in space that I thought that it was possible that they put colour into water. Yeah, there was a lot of that. Yeah. But like the actual like kind of vortex itself when it's moving along. Yeah. But there was a lot of shots and I'm like, that's water. Like yeah. it was things, it was colours and different moving. chemicals that like, yeah. you know, coloured oils or something that move differently through water. Kind of then with lights projected through it and the yeah. camera's filming that. And I said that to my mum. I'm like, that's water, that's water, that's water, that's glass. Mm. So like, because, yeah. To be fair, though, yeah. you didn't need 10 minutes of just that. Oh, it just goes forever. And we were so, like, yeah. what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Like, And with that, I've just earned the explicit rating again for this week. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've said fuck more than twice. <laughs> is that well, how we get an explicit rating? No, it's rating? just always there. I just don't well, turn yeah, it off. No, don't don't yeah. you get the explicit rating forever after one episode? No, so you can get it changed if the episode's not explicit or you can get an episode turned too explicit but ours is permanently on <laughs> because I swear too much and I'm just not going to... And I mean, some of the things we talk about too, like... Yeah, hmm. like, yeah. Yeah, I'm just... It's a stain there. killer Yeah, exactly. Um, dinosaurs eating people. Yeah, so a lot of this Children film, listen they... to podcasts anyway, though. I don't know. I'm not. I hope kids aren't listening to this. <laughs> um, where the fuck is it? Stop swearing, <laughs> Sorry, <Jacob. laughs> sorry. Um, yeah, so they had different sized models. So it was like, I think, oh, I read it and now I can't find it, but it was like this huge, like an actually huge model. Yeah, so the, um, for the spaceship, like the Discovery, like the main spaceship, they built a 55 foot long model mm. for shots. 55 feet. There's also a 15-foot model for the long shots. And, like, they are huge models. 
and like so to create everything they had a where is it so the discovery command center it's the giant centrifuge that rotate like rotated to create the artificial gravity was built full size on a soundstage at MGM British Studios in Boroughwood in England it cost seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Oh my gosh! Which in the sixties is a lot, a lot of money. It was thirty-eight feet high, and rotated at three miles an hour. Wow! So they built that rotating platform it in its cool. entirety. It was definitely worth it. Yeah, I, I was watching that. And I was like, it looks. And then used wire work to kind of create like artificial gravity. But there's a sequence on the Pan-American flight, which I laugh at it's a Pan-American flight yeah. into space. I'm like, that's really funny. And it's just like a plane, really. And the air host, by the looks of it, not sure, has Velcro shoes. Yeah. And like, there's like a Velcro walkway through the ship that yeah. she's kind of just like sticking to. And she does a full, like walks in the room, walks around up onto the roof and then walks through another door and walks away. And I was like, what the hell? I'm like, yeah, the only thing we could think of is, yeah, it's Velcro shoes. Which I don't know if that would actually, like... I mean, in zero gravity, it would work, but it would also be, like, really hard. Because, like, you'd separate your foot and all that momentum yeah. would then be going backwards and you're then going to try and bring yourself back forward. Yeah, true. It's like, in reality, if it was zero gravity, you'd just float. <clears throat> it would be easier just to push off and fly through the door. Mm. Like, Well, I guess they didn't have the technology to shoot that believably, I guess. Like, well, they have, um, what's his name? We haven't really touched on the main, like, um, David Bowman gets launched to an airlock and just gets thrown across a room. Oh, yeah, mm. true. And then thrown back towards the door. Yeah. Like, and that looks like he's in a vacuum. Like, he gets violently thrown back and forth across that room on a wire. But, yeah, I don't know. Do we want to touch on the story elements with... Sure. I really disliked yeah. that we didn't get introduced to the main guy till like an halfway hour through. And yeah, 40 yeah. Minutes in. it's so weird. Like, just because there was that an other guy, in. and then I said to you when he met up with the main guy, I was like, I think he's the main guy. Like, like we were confused. Yeah, yeah, because you've got yeah David Bowman and Frank Pauly, your two astronauts that go on the yeah. mission with Hal. And is it Frank Pauly who dies? Yeah, Frank Paul dies. Yeah. He gets. We'll get back to that. But then you've got. Haywood, bloody um, that didn't help. Um, what's his name? Hold on, Haywood something. Doctor um. Haywood Floyd, who we kind of follow to the um to Hilton Space Station Five, mm. and then to the moon, and he's kind of like the direct like in charge, and he's kind of tells them about you've got to keep this secret and all this stuff and then we don't really see him again like, he pops up once later in like a video on screen hmm. but it's kind of like oh there's this guy and then I'm thinking because I'm like I know I'm like where's David because mm-hmm. I'm like you know there's, there's the iconic line from this film which we'll touch on soon but it's kind of like where's our main where's our astronauts like we're an hour into this film and then you meet them and it's like Hang on a minute, like, you go through all this stuff and then it's like, yeah. no, that's not the main character this is. And it's a bit of like, it's just, yeah, it's odd. It's a bit jarring. It gives me the shits. Yeah. I just want to get to the story, guys. I think 
The it's thing establishing. I brought up with Kat when I watched it as well is you don't need to establish for an hour and forty minutes. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> that's yeah. the length of a film. <laughs> Someone really gonna cut this movie up a little bit more. Yeah. Um. So this movie also takes doesn't all take obviously like the pre-man stuff's three million years in the past, but all the stuff with Doctor Hayward Floyd is set in nineteen ninety nine, and then yeah. the mission itself with um, Bowman and Paul and Hal is in 2001. So it's two years later. Oh. So all the stuff on the moon where they first discover that yeah, monolith. Like, yeah, they jump month, forward. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, jump. Oh, shit. Yeah. 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 So that's all in 1999. And then we go to 2001 when we actually go off on the trip to Jupiter. It's great. Mm. My gosh. Um. So another thing, Hal is this really sinister kind of voice for this computer, and he's kind of like, the 9000 series never make mistakes, but he essentially has, because it's kind of gone on about the, like, um, they can't, they can't make, Hal 9000 series can't make a mistake, Mm -hmm. but in its programming, it's got to, like, its primary function is to protect the crew, to keep them alive, to preserve the mission, like, to help in every way. But there's a secret command that he's given from Earth to not inform the crew about the real aspect of the mission until they're there. Mm. And that contradicts his base programming. Yeah. So his main drive is to protect the mission, even if that means killing the crew. See, I loved that. That was so dramatic. So it kind of conflicts. So he essentially has an existential crisis. Yeah. And doesn't know what to do Mm -hmm. and decides to get rid of the crew because they're jeopardizing the mission. But he does an intelligence test on Frank Poole. And he goes, he plays him in a game. He He does an intelligence test on both of them. And he plays a game of chess with Frank Poole. And then Frank does a move and he goes, oh, no, you didn't see it. And then tells him the four moves that he could have done to win and deems that he's not smart enough to be there. And that's why he's the one that gets killed. Because Hal determines he's not smart enough to be here. He's not smart enough to deal with the real mission when he finds out. He has to go. And that's when Hal decides... And that's when Hal, that, that, it's kind of that point that Hal gets a bit, they get started getting a bit sus on Hal mm. because he's made this decision. So he starts treating them slightly different. And then that's the chain of events that leads to everything happening. So oh. it's kind of like. Touching on Hal quickly, how beautiful was that shot from inside Hal's eye? Oh, yeah. Mm. That was so cool. So they get really sus on Hal and decide to go into one of the pods and turn Hal off inside the pod so he can't hear them. And they're like, Hal, rotate the pod. And he doesn't hear them, so he doesn't do it. They probably should have asked Hal to rotate the pod before having the conversation because Hal's directly through the window looking at them and lip reads and because he's the smartest computer ever made, just knows what they're saying anyway. Mm. And then it kind of shoots because then he finds out, oh, they're going to turn me off. I can't let that happen. So, you know, 
he kind of tells them that the satellite dish is going to fail. And there's a lot of the things I read online, like discussions, is it probably actually wasn't. He just had to get Frank outside. That's all it was. Mm. So it wasn't ever going to fail. He just had to get them outside to be able to get rid of him easier. Because he just throws him into space. Mm-hmm. Like, he just launches it. That shot where, it, like, it's silent and the pod turns around and just, like, cuts, like, real quickly into his eye. I was like... <gasps> like yeah, and then you just like, and then you just see him fly, like, yeah. like out the window. You see him fly away, like, bye. <laughs> I literally said to you, I was like, oh, there he goes. I was like, bye, bye. My, my note literally says, Hal yeets Frank Paul. <laughs> Just throws him. But there's a sequence after that that really bugged me. Because Bowman goes and gets him. He doesn't take his yeah. helmet with him? No, no, it's not that. At the sp- Okay, so the speed that the Discovery is going forwards. Yep. Right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And he gets in the pod and goes pretty much, you know, away from it. Mm-hmm. So the Discovery is flying through space and you're going to go this way. Right? Which, essentially, you're going to be in a diagonal line because you're also going to have forward momentum from Discovery. So you're pretty much going at a 45-degree angle away from the Discovery. Mm-hmm. See, right? When I was watching that, I was paranoid because I was like, there's nothing else around them. Like, yeah. you get lost so easy. Yeah. yeah. So the speed that Discovery is going at, you're going, you know, it's saying going on a, what, x-axis. And then you're going to end up going diagonally and an xy across all right, to catch up with him. When you reach him, the discovery's gone further yeah. along the x-axis than you have yeah. diagonally. So do you get back, you need to be traveling at significantly faster speed than the discovery at the correct angle, pretty much diagonally back the other way, to intercept. True. In the vastness of space where you can't see it and you're relying on your computer to track it, there is no way that that pod had enough speed to catch back up to the discovery. Physics just wasn't a thing in the 60s. Yeah. You know? I mean, but also... But, like, everything but else like, in this is so space accurate, <laughs> yeah. except for that. Yeah. <laughs> and like, Gotta love some drama, though. Yeah. <laughs> and then he, like, he gets back to the discovery and he's holding Frank Paul, who's obviously dead. Yeah. Because he's, like, oxygen caused disconnected, just in the arms of the pod. And he has to get inside and Hal's not letting him in. So he just lets go of Paul anyway. So it's like, what was the point of going to get him? He's <laughs> left him out there anyway. Like, yeah. It's great. Anyway. See, that was a good part of the whole... It's like the only dramatic action bit. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like, everything was like, oh, snooze, and then still, that, it was like, yes! Yeah. <laughs> it was still just kind of boring, because the score just wasn't there. Yes. It was quiet the whole time. But also, like, he definitely should have died the way he snuck into the ship. Oh, yeah. <laughs> No helmet on, no gloves on. Just <laughs> opens the emergency airlock, gets thrown violently, and then someone manages to close the door. Like, nah. No. There's no way. You're, the time that you were exposed to the vacuum of space, you're unconscious, and then you're just dead because you haven't shut the door and you're just floating I through space. I think it's 30 <laughs> seconds to unconsciousness and mm. then two minutes to you, like, implode. Yeah. Because your blood freezes. No, your blood boils. It boils, yeah, because it's so, yeah, the vacuum. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. great. Yeah. It's not space a good time. Is space <laughs> is scary. It is. I'd like to go to space. As One long as you don't maybe. get lost in space. Suicide. 
Silver sun. Silver sun. <laughs> I'll just go through a wormhole, get back it's home. It's fine. Yeah. With um, the crew. <laughs> this movie also predicts a lot. And I mean, like, it predicts a lot of things that come true. Like, present day things. FaceTime. Yeah. Fa- I'll say FaceTime. <laughs> like, FaceTime is one. Voice recognition. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. True. Like, pretty much the internet. Because it's the full database when all mate. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, yeah, um, artificial intelligence. Mm hmm. Essentially, commercial space flight. Which will become a thing. Well, you can essentially do mm-hmm. it now if you have enough money. Yeah. Mm. So like, Musk. yeah, exactly. Like, there's so many, and then, um, what else we got? There's a list here somewhere. Yeah, I mean, the, the whole thing kind of is essentially like, credulous things, and then Silicon Valley played catch up. Yeah. Like we played catch up with this movie, and at the time. They wanted to have screen. There's obviously lots of screens on the spaceship. They went to IBM. Yeah. Yeah, IBM. To see what they, because they were like, you know, they were the leading manufacturing computer technology at the time. Mm-hmm. They went, what have you got? And their best screen was, where is it? 512 pixels across. <laughs> That's it. It's so, and what is that compared to something today? Um, Not good. What's a phone, <laughs> say, for example, like a regular phone? How many pixels is that? Um, so, the resolution of the screen of an iPhone 11 is 1,792 pixels by 828 um, across the 5.8-inch screen, but it's in a much higher, like, quality. Mm-hmm. So, like, pixel size isn't, like, you know, 828 to, um, what were we? 1,700. No, to, like, 512 oh. isn't a big difference. But it's, like, yeah, it's a huge resolution mm. change. Yeah. Um, so, what was I saying? Yeah, so like this, the Kubrick was like, that's not good enough. So the screens in the film aren't actually screens. They're panels of glass with large glass negatives all overlaid with each other. And then different lights shone through it. Even like the FaceTime... Well, the FaceTime, like, they're, like, yeah. they're real screens, but like right, all like yeah. the control panels and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like when you get the flashing light yeah, yeah, and when yeah. he's trying to track, pull through space, that's just glass yeah, overlaid right. with each other and then the light shone through it because they wanted, we can just design this, put it over, shine a light through it, and then that's the screen. That's cool. Because they didn't have a screen, you know, and then the actual screens obviously are, mm-hmm. like with the, are real screens. There's t- massive TV screens mm. put in and it's, you know... I feel like it would have been so fun to work, like, the props and stuff in oh, this yeah. movie. I yeah. feel like it would have been extremely stressful. So oh, cool. yeah, 100%. Oh, especially with Kubrick. <laughs> yeah, especially with Kubrick. Speaking of visual effects, visual effects for this movie, is it's the only Oscar that Stanley Kubrick has ever won. 
ever was for visual really? effects on 2001 A Space Odyssey. You're uh-huh. kidding. To put that into perspective, he was nominated an extra 12 times. Uh-oh. So he got 13 nominations, one win. He was nominated four times for Best Director, four times for Adapted Screenplay, three times for Best Picture, and once for Original Screenplay, which was to 2001, and one on Visual Effects for 2001. Yeah, but what was he up against, though? Visual Effects was up against Ice Station Zebra. It's the only other movie nominated. Oh, uh, okay. don't know what that is. I just it's not great. Like, for, like, Best Picture and stuff, <laughs> I wouldn't... I'm not sure, but, like, some of the Best Picture... I um, wouldn't vote for that for Best Picture with that audio. <laughs> it wasn't... Yeah, but what came out? Um, 2001 wasn't was. nominated for Best Picture. Oh. It was nominated oh. for Director, Original Screenplay, and Visual Effects. See, Original well, Screenplay fair. I could get behind because, I guess... They wouldn't have seen anything like that before, mm. ever. Yeah, like, definitely. man hadn't even made it to the moon yet. Mm. So he got nominated for Visual Effects 2001 A Space Odyssey, um, Best Director 2001 A Space Odyssey, and Best Original Screenplay. Best Director was also Barry Lyndon in 1976, A Clockwork Orange in 1972, um, Doctor Strangelove in 65... And then, yeah, 2001, he got adapted screenplay for Dr. Strangelove, um, Barry Lyndon, Clockwork Orange, Full Metal Jacket. Um, and then, yeah. Have you guys watched Clockwork Orange yet? No. 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 I really need to watch that. I've Is never that seen it. Is that on the list? Yep. Oh, there you go. There's a lot of Kubrick stuff on the list. So, let's see. What was... Um, 1972. Um, So it went up. Where were we? So he went up for Clockwork Orange against French Connection, Fiddler on the Roof, Sunday Bloody Sunday, and The Last Picture Show. Why doesn't it say who won? Hmm. <laughs> when are you looking? 1972. Fiddler on the uh, Roof, isn't it? Well, this is Best Director. Oh. Oh, something that bothered me, right? French Connection. About the actors. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to bring this up randomly. How monotone they were the whole time. Yeah, but it's the 60s. Everything did that. It was silent and screaming. That was yeah, the style of acting. That's what you did. <sighs> I just think it could have been so much better if they yeah. didn't have to be so monotone. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's everything at the time was... You're stoic and silent, and, and then, then you scream, and then you're stoic and silent again. Well, it wasn't until, like, Psycho, and then people were like, <laughs> ooh, maybe be subtle. Like, <laughs> like, maybe be subtle. Yeah. One thing, okay, one thing I really did like was when um, Dr. Floyd, or Lloyd, is it Floyd? When he first gets to one of the stations, he meets three women and a mm. man. I really liked that the three women were all doctors. Mm. Like, for the 60s, that's pretty yeah. pretty good. Pretty good casting. They but then he walks the into a room and it's like all men. one woman and the rest are men. Yeah. I'm just like, well, there you go. And we're back again. So this movie also won three BAFTAs, mm-hmm. which and it's the British Film and Television Awards. Mm-hmm. So I got cinematography, sound, and art direction. Art direction, cinematography. 
not sound. Not yep. sound, yeah. Because there was none. <laughs> There's also a thing um, <gasps> from a modern day FX supervisor that this movie shouldn't have won an Oscar for visual effects. But at the same time, it what it was up against, like it had to. Yeah. yeah. Like, but it's sort of like, yeah, it's weird. But yeah, so Kubrick only ever won one Oscar, which is crazy. And there's always people like, it's the one Oscar he didn't deserve to win. (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah. And it's also interesting that like The Shining that we spoke about the week was not nominated. Well, it's like, it's horror. Don't they have a thing against horror? But it's still like, yeah, the Academy hates, yeah. The Academy hates horror. But wasn't Get Out? Nominated a few years ago, so... Yeah, oh, well, this was, yeah. what, yeah. the yeah. 80s, or when was The Shining? We're also going to come back to the Oscars later on. I have a full thing Oh, okay. for later. Okay. So this episode is, you know, this be 2001 A Space Odyssey yeah. and the Oscars. <laughs> so I'm going to come back because I have opinions. Okay. <laughs> um, so does anyone kind of want to add things to what I've kind of been saying, or...? Um, what was with the baby at the end? Oh, I can explain that. Oh, wonderful, because I looked at Kat and I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> So language <laughs> when Bowman goes through the weird Stargate thing, mm-hmm. so he, they, he pretty much he finds yeah he finds the monolith orbiting Jupiter, and then goes through the weird space. So the monolith transports him to a separate dimension, essentially, or a separate part of space. Right, right, and it, this kind of ties back to the start, which I'll, so he gets essentially placed in a observation room. Which is that weird French style? The green room looking thing. Yeah, where he ends up with oh, a with a lighted okay. floor. Yeah. So it's essentially a place that the whoever's controlling the monoliths uses to study him, and at an accelerated pace. So his time doesn't quite work normally, which is why he's kind of there, and then he's, he sees himself older, yeah. then he sees himself older, and then he's dead. Mm-hmm. So they study him. But once they're done, they revert him back essentially into an embryo of mm-hmm. such, or like a fetus, and then send him back to Earth. And the movie ends there. But the fetus is literally the size of the Earth. Not quite. I think it's... It's, a lot, it's just the perspective. Yeah. It's quite small, but... is it? Did they send him back to 2001? Yes. Like, just to like oh. live again? Or like... Well, Kubrick in an never wanted to tell anyone but there's an interview that never went to air that I listened to because it's been since released mm. and he was saying like he got sent back to be kind of this godlike character mm. and to educate because he'd been given all this information like from the monolith mm. to educate the human race and to accelerate them right mm. but in the book it's different so the book and the screenplay were written side by side so Arthur C. Clarke has credits on both the screenplay and the book, but only Arthur C. Clarke's on the book. Sorry, no, Kubrick had credits on the screenplay and the book. Was he? But Arthur C. Clarke had it on the book. That's another you Kubrick just said, movie. You just Sorry, said yeah. Arthur C. Clarke both Sorry. Times. At the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Like Sam's The Shining, they were yeah. both written at once. Mm. So in the book, when um, Bowman comes back. Hold on, I've got a note. Eight hours. Dismiss. There was like a no- an update notification. I was like, do not update this computer right now. <laughs> um, yeah, so when he comes back in the book, 
he explodes all the nuclear satellites in orbit. Ooh. But Kubrick didn't want to do that because he just touched on nuclear weapons in Doctor Strange Love a few years before. And he's like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to end with another nuclear explosion. Yeah. Because in my previous movie, I literally, so he didn't want to do it again. But in the book, he explodes all the nuclear things on, like, in orbit. But also in the book, when it's not Jupiter, it's Saturn. Oh, yeah, but the But Kubrick wasn't couldn't. confident in yeah. the production to be able to, like, produce Make the Saturn rings of Saturn yeah. in the mm. thing. And when he runs into the monolith, the monolith goes... Actually, I think maybe that's the next one. Oh, yeah, because there's another movie. Yeah, there's there? a sequel that we're going to get to. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So he, like, just blows up all the satellites and that's it. But in the movie, he kind of just arrives back at Earth to become this. Yeah, he did look like some and sort there's of a holy... Se- yeah. Sort of and it's touched on in the like, sequel. He's kind of he does reappear. There's a sequel. There's a sequel called 2010, the year we make contact. Oh. Literally, me throughout the whole movie, I looked at Cat and I was like, "Is something gonna blow up?" Because <laughs> with That's that dramatic just... music, I really thought something was gonna blow up. So that French house, sort of like that French style rooms that he's in, mm. is what the monolith thinks he would think is beautiful. But oh. it's not quite right. Mm. And it's on the fact that at the time, like humans with animals in the zoo, we give them a habitat that we think they will like, but it's not quite right. Mm-hmm. And that's touched on as well with the apes at the start. That's why it's all shot from outside. Because we're observing them in a habitat. Right. So it's kind of like the monolith is watching them in their habitat. And then later on, it watches Bowman in that. So it's studying them in like a confined space, hmm. which is kind of why it's filmed from outside us watching in rather than us inside looking around. But yeah, so um, I guess jump, did, I didn't watch the sequel, but I watched the videos on the sequel and I've got a plot outline here. Yeah, just read us. The sequel outline. has an insane cast, by the way. Who's in it? You've got John Lithgow. Helen Mirren. What? Helen Mirren? Yep. Um, oh, my God. Wait, when did it come out? 1984. So 16 years later. Yeah. Um, you've got... Oh, what's his name? What's his name from... Um, Jaws? Uh, oh, the main Roy, guy. Roy. Roy Schneider. Yes. Yeah, so the, like the main in Jaws. And then... Um, oh, like the original cast is back. I'm looking on IMDb. Yeah, and Keir... Um, oh, hell yeah, and the landlord from... Um, yeah, landlord Spider-Man from Spider-Man 2 and 3. <laughs> but um, Keir D'Elia, who plays Dr. Dave Bowman, is back. That's cool. So it, this kind of... It's set nine years after the mysterious failure of Discovery 1's mission to Jupiter in 2001, um, which resulted in the death of four astronauts and the disappearance of David Bowman, um, who's blamed for the fiasco. Dr. Hayward Floyd's resigned from his position as the head of the National Council for um, Astronautics. Um, So while international dispute causes tension between the United States and the Soviet Union, both nations prepare a space mission to determine what happened to the Discovery. Um... The Soviet spacecraft, the Leonov, 
um, will be ready before the American spacecraft Discovery 2, but the Soviets need American astronauts to help board the Discovery and investigate the malfunction of the ship's sentient computer. Um, so the US government agrees to join the mission when it's determined that Discovery will crash into Jupiter's moon before Discovery 2 is ready. So the two American astronauts are... They're important. So one of them is the creator of the HAL system. So when they get there, they board the Discovery and restart HAL. So their ship has a HAL as well, and then they restart HAL on the Discovery and find out what happened. At this point, HAL does not try to kill anyone. So they speak to Hal. So Chandra discovers the reason for Hal's malfunction. It was the National Security Council had ordered Hal to conceal from the Discovery's crew the fact that the mission was about the monolith. This conflicted Hal's basic programming of open, accurate processing information, causing him to suffer the computer equivalent of a paranoid mental breakdown. Although this order bears his signature, Floyd angrily denies any knowledge of NCS's decision. Um, back on Earth, tension between the United States and the Soviet Union escalates to war. And the Americans are ordered to leave the um, Leonov and move to the Discovery with communications with each other forbidden except in an emergency. Both crews plan to leave Jupiter separately with a launch window opening in several weeks. But Bowman appears to Floyd and says it's paramount that they leave within two days. Stunned by Bowman's appearance, Floyd returns to the Leonov to confer with Captain Tanya um, Kerbuck, who is Helen Miram, um, who remains sceptical. The monolith then suddenly disappears and a growing black spot appears on Jupiter itself. The spot is a vast group of monoliths that are exponentially multiplying. The monoliths begin shrinking Jupiter's volume, increasing the planet's density and modifying its chemical composition. This convinces the two crews that they must leave soon. Since neither ship could reach Earth with an early departure, because it's not lined up at the moment, they work together using the Discovery as a booster rocket for the Leonov, though it will mean the Discovery and Hal's destruction. Um, uninformed about the true purpose of the operation, Hal suggests to Sandra to stop the launch and remain to study Jupiter's conversion. So Hal's sort of like, we need to stay, like the mission's still important. When Chandra finally tells Hal the truth, he willingly continues the countdown to save the humans. The monoliths engulf Jupiter, causing nuclear fusion that transforms the planet planet into a small star. The Discovery is consumed in the blast after Leonov breaks away to safety just before the Discovery is engulfed. Bowman's voice is heard once again as he speaks to Hal and tells him they will soon be together after he transmits the message to Earth. The star's miraculous appearance inspires American and Soviet leaders to seek peace. Europa gradually transforms from an icy wasteland to a humid jungle covered with plant life. A monolith stands in the primeval um, European swamp waiting for intelligent life forms to evolve. That's the sequel. That's mm-hmm. more interesting, I think, mm. than the original. I started watching I started watching it last night. Yeah. It was so boring. Uh-uh. Okay. I, I can't. It's Yet just again. it's yeah. But yeah, it's it's got a really good cast, but yeah, like it's just and Helen Miram has a really weird Russian accent. <laughs> uh, and is very I just, young. It's I love so, yeah. Helen Mirren. Such a good actor. Yeah, so that's sort of like where it goes. So the monoliths are just there to observe mm-hmm. and accelerate intelligent life. 
Do you want to hear about some things that actually happened in 2001? Sure. So the iPod was released. Wild. Yeah. <laughs> How crazy is that? 19 years ago. And now look where we are. Um, Harry Potter came out. Yep. First movie. And so did the first Fast and Furious. Bloody hell. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and what else did I find out? I was trying to look up movie things. Um, oh, Gladiator won five Oscars. Not surprising. Yep. Yeah. And that's all I have so far. Yeah. They're my four 2001 films. I was waiting for so much Nicole more Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise got a divorce. Ooh. Mm. Highlight of the year. <laughs> yeah, um, let's go through. That's all done. That's all done. That's all done. Oscars. Okay. Oh, wait. Does everyone want to say what their favourite part of the movie was? Oh. No, She's keeping ooh. us on track. No, no, no. <laughs> Three things your... we liked or disliked. No, no. Yeah. What's the main thing you loved and what is the main thing you just hated? She's trying to hijack our segment, segment of three things we like slash dislike. She comes oh, in that here. A thing? Yeah, it's a thing oh, that we forget to do that? every second week. Because you never listen to us. Well, good thing I'm here. <laughs> okay. Um, do you want to start then, Spoons? Three things you liked or disliked. I don't have three things. I only have... Just make up one and one. Let's go one on one then. I'm just going one on one. Visually beautiful. Some of those space scenes, gorgeous. I think the whole Hal character thing and all that drama, awesome. But like I said earlier, the whole audio thing bothers the absolute bejesus out of me. I think someone should just take the whole movie and redo all the audio. (laughs) Like I'm not including the dialogue (laughs) and just make it so much better like i still think it's silly to go and make a movie and not put so much emphasis on audio it's a massive part of I it i kind of disagree like it's really I, I i get what you're saying but like i think the the little sound in it helps it more like it's more but did it not bore you of course it did no okay I, I didn't like the score because like they were just putting that big one like just over nothing yeah and exactly. that's when they could have you know, yeah, that's when you implement something better, like the original guys or something, or anything really. But like, <laughs> anything but that. But no, I, I think the sections where they just don't use sound at all or very little kind of just, I don't know, it got me more into it. Like it hmm? Don't worry. Don't worry. I, I can understand the space And also Hal's dialogue. Was good or bad? Wait, what? Hal's dialogue. Yeah, hell yeah, yeah. It was like, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, probably. I agree. I love so the character of the touching whole on, thing. Touching on Hal, Anthony Hopkins based Hannibal Lecter's voice on Hal. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, we, I love that. Yeah, I, th- I think you might I have told we, us that yeah. in the thing. Makes yeah. sense. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that does That sinister, that. creepy-like Very monotone. Tone. Yeah. yeah. Oh, kind of your friend, yeah. kind of don't know if they're going to stab you in You're the You're a bit sus on it, yeah. Yeah. I'd say... I think there's the overarching themes of like what the movie means and what it's trying mm-hmm. to say, like the whole like the evolution of man and the whole like quest for intelligent life and all this stuff. And then same as Spence, like this visual, just the technical achievements mm-hmm. that they reached in this film. Dislike is just the length. Mm. Yeah. Oh, goes, no, this could have be, been so much shorter. Be like an hour and a half and just as effective. Yes. Yeah. There's so many, like, there's just, like, 10-minute sequences of just random things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I said at the time watching, I was like, this is just, like, look what I can do. 
and just put all the shots in. Like the only instead of picking a few yeah. good ones. Exactly. Like the yeah. only part in the first hour that impressed me was when I, I, I just knew I saw a, a man attacked by a cheetah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, so um, like, my note was, um, cheetah on man. Cheetah attacks man in monkey suit. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, I just liked. Literally, the very start was just a black screen playing music yeah, for no, five I, minutes. I thought my I internet wasn't working. Thing. Yeah, no, so I did saw I. a thing on here. Apparently, there's certain versions where that's where titles were and credits and stuff. Um. And then um, there are other versions where they blacked that out and just played the music over it. So I uh, think that's the version we got. Yeah, I got the Blu-ray versions is black. Yeah. So it is? Yeah. Because yeah. that's what I was saying on IMBD. That's yeah. Just like yeah the Blu-ray version it. was just black. And I was like, at first, I was like... Is my TV working properly? Yeah, like, yeah. what the fuck's happening? Yeah. Like, and I fast forward a bit, like, oh, no, there's a picture. And I went, then I went yeah. back and, like. And then I disliked that it was literally 25 minutes of monkeys. <laughs> it's important. It's establishing. Yeah, but you could do it in five minutes, okay? Hey, you're lucky that Kubrick. And then. Cut no, out the... don't even just. Um, um, it's my turn to speak. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I really liked the intermission. <laughs> <laughs> See, like, it only just started getting interesting for me as soon as the intermission came yeah. out. Yeah. So, like, if I saw that in the theatre, I'd be like, God damn it. That's... God, what? I can't imagine watching that in the theatre. We were talking about it. Like, people would have come out for, like, the 15-minute intermission and gone, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think people really would have, like, I, I found feel like they would have found this really hard to swallow back in yeah, the day. Yeah, people like, would have been yeah. confused as they fuck. They would have just this, seen this dude being, like, a glowing embryo up in the sky and they'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, walk out. The, imagine walking out the end of that and just thinking, oh. I turned to Kat and I was like, what drugs does this guy do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, touching on like the start, I think I forgot to include, there was originally more to this film. So, he, Kubrick originally intended to open it with a black and white prologue in which various scientists, theologians, and philosophers would discuss oh, yeah. the possibility of extraterrestrial life and whether Yuck. such <laughs> life may have aided in the evolutionary of mankind in various points in history. I'd Imagine that on the, the front screen. and still like, oh. Okay, um, <laughs> no, so we'll go to, would you watch it again, Nick? No, I, I don't need to. <laughs> like, I get, I get, I know, I'd watch. Watch the trailer I'd and start, then you're done. I yeah. start, I start like, an hour in, if I were to like, mm. watch it at double speed. Yeah, that's what I yeah, said no. to you. you I was like, there's literally no dialogue. Mm. You could double speed this. Yeah. We did at one point. I'm pretty sure. Oh no, I skipped. I skipped like five minutes of the acid trip. Yeah. See, I was going over. I was like, oh, it's right at the end. I feel like I'm going to miss something here. So I just sat there. Just isn't that annoying? Because you're just yeah. like, I don't want to miss anything, but I'm so bored. Yeah. No, like I was uh, like. During the whole boardroom thing, I was just on my phone. Yeah. Like, I get I it. Space shit. Like. Yeah. Um, I would watch it. I'm the same. I'd cut all the monkeys out because I think that's see, only no, one I, thing you can just see I, I kind of agree with Jacob. I, I think the monkey part's important, but just speed up all the boardrooms. Yeah. yeah. Just I'd give get us to the astronauts the quicker. Yeah. yeah monkeys, definitely. skip middle bit, astronauts. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Look, I think someone should just cut the th- whole thing down. You can do it. That's you know how it. Premiere Pro works. <laughs> True. Why don't you do it? <laughs> I'm going to do a whole new score on everything. Cat? No. Despite that, no? No. I'm the same as Cat. I've watched it once. I'm never yeah. watching it again. Oh, I probably won't. Although, to everyone listening, as much as we've, we've bagged out how long it is and 
all the critiques we've had, genuinely sit down and watch this movie. Yeah, no, like... Uh, I can't recommend yeah. it enough for someone who likes films to sit down and watch this. Just be prepared. And even you can take a break at the intermission and come yeah. back the next it's, day. It's just a really a snack. Yeah, yeah, just oh, watch it with a watch friend. Watch it with someone. Watch it so with you someone. Can be like, what the fuck is going on? Watch together. it with someone that will also appreciate it, and mm-hmm. you'll be able to discuss. That's what I did. I had a discussion the whole way through at different points of what the fuck, you yeah. know, what's exactly. this, what's that, and we're able to talk back and forth about things and that, like, you know, facts and stuff that we're looking up through it, and kind of helped mm-hmm. understand more what was going on and the ending and. The visuals are inspiring, though, so I would yeah. definitely yeah. recommend giving it a go. Definitely. So before we go to what we've what, been watching, watching and what, what we're excited for, excited for we're going to touch on, on Monday, was the Oscars. Mm-hmm. And I sat there and I watched the whole thing. Although I started it an hour late. So I pressed record uh, yeah. and then started it an hour late and I could fast forward every ad. Oh, <laughs> <lucky>. Smart. Um, <laughs> see, I, I just watched them. I looked it up later. No, I, so I watched no, the whole thing. I got up early to go to the gym because I was like, oh, I'm going to get home in time to watch the Oscars. I got home. I fully forgot. <laughs> <laughs> it was like three o'clock. And I was like, oh, shit. I, <laughs> I missed the whole show. No, so I so watched I the whole thing. Up, I just looked them up. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Cool. Well, okay, Jacob, thoughts? I think like a lot of awards were really well deserved. Mm. I think there was a couple that was a bit like, Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's what I thought. Obviously, Joaquin Phoenix was going to win. I, I wanted, and that was one I that Adam I was a bit Driver. like, yeah, I wanted Adam Driver to win it. Yeah, I yeah. was messaging Dom, and he was like, we were like, yeah, go Adam. Yeah, no, off. I, I wanted him too, but I didn't think he would. Like, I, yeah. I, 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 he'll have yeah. his time. He's doing a lot of movies. He had a really yeah. good year. Like, he's really good. Yeah. I used to hate when he first came to Star Wars. I hated him, <laughs> and now I've seen him in so many other things. I'm like, no, yeah, I, I you're all right. Yeah. He, he did another movie as well that I got to watch, The Report or something. Yeah, something about crook shit. Yeah, going on <laughs> the, <laughs> in the shit. press. I don't know. <laughs> oh, it looks interesting. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I've got all the nominations up. Yeah, best actress as well kind of annoyed me a little bit. Who got best actress again? Oh, uh, Judy Garland. Face. Oh, uh, that's no, right. no. Renee Zellweger. Renee Zellweger for Judy Garland. Um, no. Um, who else was up for? Yeah, Scarlett Johansson. I think she should Cynthia have gotten best supporting. Arrivo, like, Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, um, she should have got best supporting for JoJo. Like Definitely. Laura Dern was fine, but like I, I, like I was watching that and I wasn't like, oh. Yeah, that's the best supporting like actress. I, do, right I feel there. like I, I would have actually she given ha- it to Kathy Bates. What was she in? Um, Richard Jewell. Oh, yeah, that looks cool. Oh, that hasn't come out here yet, no. has it? No. Um, animated feature film, not even a contest. Was that Toy Story 4? Yeah, Toy Story 4 up against Missing Link. Still haven't seen Klaus, I Lost I My Body, so and cute. How to Train Your Dragon. I wonder what would have won if this came out same year as um, Spider-Verse. Ooh, Spider-Verse. Spider-verse. You reckon? 100%. Yep. I, I'd want it to, but... you'd I know. It's, um, it's Toy Story. just another level. Yeah, fully. But. Cinematography, correct. Award Roger Deakin won for 1917. Amen. Yeah. Up, against Irishman, yeah, but. up against Irishman, Joker, Lighthouse, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. I think that was a deserving, just for the technical achievement that movie was, but also Definitely. like it's Roger Deakin and he's yeah. the best. Um, I watched a video actually um, last night about the... I, I don't know what it all is. I'm not a film person like you guys. Um, 
but it went through the nominees for the visual effects and mm. explained why they were up for each thing. And the Irishman, I was like, oh, yeah, they just did a bit of de-aging. But they filmed them with, like, three cameras yep. and had infrared yep. and then, like, actually looked at footage from when the actors were younger and trained a computer. So, oh, it was just Yeah, awesome. so the, the de-aging technology, so, they get... so, so cool. And, like, industrial light and magic is the forefront of just de-aging it. So we've seen it in Marvel movies and Star Wars and other things. And it's getting better and better because they have to use reference footage from when they were younger to try and yeah. match their facial movements. But a lot of this has been done in the past with dots on the face to track how the face mm. moves. Yeah. But in The Irishman, they set up a camera rig. So there was the normal camera and two infrared cameras on the side. The infrared cameras would track the facial movement. Because it was an infrared light, it didn't affect the shot. Because we can't see. So they didn't have to put dots on the face and like stuff like that. So they because the camera can't pick the normal camera can't pick up the infrared, Mm -hmm. and you don't have to change your lighting. So they use that to track the face and from two separate angles plus the information from the main camera to do the de aging. Nineteen seventeen one visual effects. Yeah, as it should have though. I disagree. Has, has everyone seen it? Yeah, I loved it. We loved. Yeah, I wanted to go see it the other night, but so. The nominations for visual effects was Endgame, The Irishman, Lion King, Rise of Skywalker, and 1917. Personally, The Lion King should have won that. Mm. For, vi- for, for an achievement in visual effects, which is what this but award it is. <laughs> it was so okay, shit. The story might, you know, yeah, but no. visually, the achievement in visual effects that that movie is. See, I- yeah. is astounding. And these awards are for, breakthroughs. you know, the biggest achievement, which is why 1917 won. And yes, that movie, they changed the time of day through visual effects. They added buildings. They, you know, changed almost everything about the shot. Mm-hmm. I feel like the achievement that The Lion King was deserved that recognition. I feel like, I feel like no, of of visual effects way. I feel like nineteen seventeen yeah, yeah, no, was I, the basic form out of those five options. It was the standard. This is what we can do with visual effects. Whereas I feel like even Star Wars, Endgame, Irishman, Lion King went above and beyond I, yeah, in what they achieved. I guess I can't really be a judge in this since but, I haven't really yeah. seen nineteen seventeen. But I feel like with nineteen seventeen, there wasn't one point in the movie where I looked at something and went. That's a visual effect. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I, it all just blended yeah. seamlessly. Like it's the piles gorgeous. of ammunition in a yeah. field and the de- decomposing bodies and yeah. that. Like that all looked real, but it was visual yeah. effects. And I feel like for them, I think it was deserved because they did it so well that you weren't like picking up on the little things like that. It also won sound mixing, like nineteen seventeen, mm-hmm. which I think. It was a pretty tight race between that and Ford versus Ferrari. Still haven't seen Ford yeah, versus I haven't seen Ferrari. That. And I think yeah, like it kind of just went like. Because you really liked that movie, didn't you? I love that movie. Yeah. And I've seen like all sound mixing it at Astra, Ford versus Ferrari, Joker, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Nineteen Seventeen. Mm-hmm. Nineteen Seventeen, yeah, sound wise, like that movie's sound yeah. is beautiful. Um, sound editing went to Ford v Ferrari. Oh, so they did win something. Yes, yeah, so they won. Oh, I missed that. Sound editing. Um, I'm going to skip short film because I haven't seen any of them in either animated or live action. 
production design once upon a time in Hollywood. Yeah. Well deserved. Yeah. The what they did to the streets of Hollywood to change that back to the sixties and it's the whole feel of that movie is just amazing. Um music original song was a beautiful moment that um so I, it's I'm gonna love me again from Rocket Man. I still haven't seen Elton that John movie. to the yeah. you know. And yes, Elton John won an Oscar for The Lion King, but this is different. So this is the first time that him oh and um what's his name? Um Bernie Taupin, he's <laughs> the guy that write, has written all his lyrics. Shit, I just closed that. Um have won an Oscar together for one of their songs. Yeah. And it was a really beautiful and you could tell What is going on? I don't know. Are we supposed to be here? I don't know. <laughs> it's a start. You can definitely um, hear that. <laughs> so yeah, I think it was really well deserved. What was I up to? What was I talking about? Bloody um where am I up to? Um What was I talking about? We've lost it. <laughs> Just go on to the next oh, one. Yeah, I'll sort of move on. They must be doing a tour. Yeah, they must be. Um, Just for, for listener reference, there's a... Random there's group of like people out the window. <laughs> looking at us through a window. It's great. Yeah. Um, I guess we can touch on... Costume design, obviously, was Little Women. Fantastic. That was really well great, yeah. actually. Um, we'll touch on cinematography. I've deliberately skipped several. I'm going to come back to it. So... The first one I'm going to come back to is original screenplay. Knives Out by Ryan Johnson. Marriage Story, Noah Borback. Um, 1917, Sam Mendes. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Quentin Tarantino. And Parasite by Bong Joon-ho, who won. Mm-hmm. Have you seen Parasite? Not yet. No. I'm going to watch it this week. I need to watch it too. So, one original screenplay. And at that point, like, it's the first... Not just the first Korean film, but the first non-English film mm-hmm. to win an Oscar, like outside of internet. Well, and this year the category, cha- the next category I'm going to talk about changed, which I'll go to now. It changed from foreign language film to international feature film. Yeah, and that's a good change. So they changed it. it used yeah. to be just foreign language film, and now it's just international feature film because. Mm-hmm. Like changing landscape, Parasite won again, and that was, and like he said, like he was up on stage, and he thought he was done. Yeah, and like, that was it. And he was like, he's won two. He's like, he's got screenplay. He's got international feature film. He's like, yeah, this is the best. And then I would say even like the unthinkable happened, and he won best director. Dun, dun, dun. And like you could tell, he was shocked. <laughs> Martin Scorsese looked like he was going to cry in joy. Like, he was honestly, <laughs> he looked like the proud dad. Like, he was so happy. Everyone, Todd Phillips, San Mendes, Quentin Tarantino, everyone, none of them looked like they were sad they lost. Yeah. Yeah. They were all like, this is amazing. Yeah. Bong Joon-ho got up on stage and was going to, like, he looked like he was going to cry. He's yeah. like, I got international feature. I thought I was done. I was ready to go and start drinking. Like, you know, and it was this beautiful moment. And then we got to... Um, Best Best Picture. Picture. Mm. And it's Ford v. Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. Mm -hmm. And again, this is the first time 
that a foreign film has been nominated for Best Picture and Parasite won, and you could tell everyone in the room looks like they wanted to cry. Like, the raw emotion that spread across that theatre was just insane. Yeah. The cast were, like, crying. Like, Bong Joon-ho was just beside himself. And you could tell, like, the translator was, like, struggling to, like, <laughs> keep up with what was being said because it was just so powerful. And I yeah. honestly, like, from everything I've heard about this movie and, like, you know, reviews and everything, I honestly feel it probably deserved it. It must. It must be. And I'm. I like. I really want to watch it now because yeah. on this list, there's what three movies I haven't seen, which is Marriage Story. Have I, you not? Seen I haven't watched that? it yet. It's on Netflix. Irishman. <laughs> yeah. That's on because Netflix it's just so long. I can't. I'm, I'm, I've seen a part of it, and I just don't want to keep watching it. And then obviously Parasite and Parasite and Marriage Story. I'm definitely both going to go and watch. But all these movies, are, like, it's such a good year. Mm-hmm. Like it's, that is a tight competition. Like. Yeah. Put like any one of these a few years ago, and like it wins, like yeah. easily. Yeah, you know, but like it and like to have Parasite win four times and be nominated six. That's awesome. For the first time, a movie not just that's not in English, not even made in America. Like, mm. do this. Yeah, it's a sign that things are changing. Ah, uh, just don't yeah. go on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, and like <laughs> some people, obviously, are so... people are like. People get angry that, you know, Natalie Portman wore a dress with all the female directors' names that were snubbed and there's all these different things. But I feel like, yes, the Academy still has is still set in certain ways and doesn't respect certain people. And there was people that got up on stage like, oh, you know, the missing of black nominees and the missing of women nominees. And I feel like, I don't know if this felt like, oh, look what we're doing because they're not white and they're not American. But I think this was genuinely deserved. And I saw a lot of things that like, um, it's a name from Hustlers. J-Lo. Yeah. People are like, oh, why was she not nominated for Best Actress? Mm. Like, I watched that movie. She's not great in it. Mm. It's not a good movie and it's not a great character. There's a reason she's not nominated for Best Leading Role because she doesn't deserve it. And that's not just me being like, uh, it's just not a good film. Like, if you put her up against... Cynthia um, Erivo from Harriet, fantastic. Scarlett Johansson, Marriage Story. Um, I can't, I can't say a name. I, I'm thinking of her um, too. It's Sir. Sa- oh, I I always look oh, it up. You had it last week. Yeah. Cersei, no, that's yeah. Sir- Ronan from Little Women, Charlize Theron, Bombshell, and Renee Zellweger from Judy. I These love are all powerful performances. Like Charlize Theron and Bombshell. Sersha. She, yeah, Sersha. I like wanted the, her to win. They are all powerful, powerful performances. Yeah, mm, definitely. And there's like, you know, there's people, and same with like supporting role and stuff. They're all powerful characters in powerful movies and all deserving. And you can, there's like people like, oh, this person's nominated. But you can't compare that performance to the like. You have to bring a little something extra yeah. to yeah. the table. And, that, and I think that's why Joaquin Phoenix won. Like, he was up against Leonardo DiCaprio in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Take out... If Joker didn't come out this year, Leo wins his second Oscar. Mm. You reckon? Easily. I don't know. See, I reckon if he hadn't won one previously, I reckon he would have won for the... Uh, this was the one if he hadn't won before. His performance that was it, but in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is... Watch Marriage Story. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I, I reckon Adam, Adam Driver, Driver would have beaten There's Leo. also yeah. someone that I think is left out of this list that is well-deserved to be there, and that's Christian Bale for Ford v. Ferrari. Oh, really? I genuinely think he deserved a nominate. His performance in that movie is probably the, one of the best I've ever seen him give. Of his, of his. Jeez, that's a big. And he has done a lot of things. Yeah, he has transformed his body, like transformed his body in a lot of ways. In this, he's raw, powerful Christian Bale with his real voice. Like, there's no accent anybody put on, Mm. and he's genuinely powerful in that movie, and like, drives that story. See, I feel the same about um, Taron Egerton as Elton John, Mm. and that's another one that. Yeah. wasn't nominated and that's two really powerful performances that are missed out Yeah, and obviously like there's others that we haven't touched on and like the list for actor and supporting role is also insane of who mm. you've got you've got Tom Hanks Anthony Hopkins Al Pacino Joe Pesci and Brad Pitt what was Anthony Hopkins up for? Two Popes two Pope. oh true yeah. and his counterpart in Jonathan Price was up for leading and Brad Pitt won I think Brad Pitt deservedly he won did. that fully. Yeah. but like, I haven't seen any of the other five, so I can't mm. compare. Yeah, I, I don't think the um, Mr. Rogers movie was that well received. The Tom a Beautiful Hanks, Day in the Neighborhood. Yes. I thought he was the lead in that movie from yeah, all the advertising, no. and yeah. he's the supporting role. Yeah. I was like, who the fuck's the lead? Mm. The guy from The American. Yeah. Yeah. I know that now. Oh, <laughs> but like, from, yep. Yeah. But yeah, I think, like, this year there was like, people that, like, definitely deserved to win and like Antonio Banderas is nominated for Pain and Glory that movie's in Spanish mm. like that's not an English spe- he was on an English speaking role in that film that's cool so I think times that like things are definitely changing for the way that and like obviously there's Netflix films as well mm. for the first time that's weird well, I remember it's, it's, last like, year there was, was like a whole thing on Netflix is garbage yeah. but yeah, they yeah. a good year I guess I don't know like I, I'll never watch The Irishman but no I can't. See, I I really enjoyed The Irishman. Watch it over a few days. Mm. There is a a guide to how to watch it as a miniseries. And it's broken into like three or four episodes. And it's like, watch till this time, stop. Watch till this time, stop. Okay. And it kind of breaks it up. Did anyone watch Judy though? No. I, no. We have it at work and really I good. really want to watch it, but I haven't yeah. gone around to it yet. I've heard it's good. I haven't seen it, but I want to. I think it'll be very sad. This then leads into our next segment. I mean, what we've been watching and what we're excited, like what we're going to watch or excited for. I wrote a list this week. I've seen a lot. I'm genuinely going to go and watch. Is this movies or TV shows? Both. I'm genuinely going to go and watch Marriage Story. I'm going to go and watch Judy. I'm going to watch, what do you call it? Two Popes, A Beautiful Day in the Neighbourhood. I want to, like Richard Jordan comes out. I want to see as many of these movies now as I can. And yeah, I think it's just, I think it's mainly for me, it's just that. And I watched, um, I watched Ready or Not yesterday, finally. Mm. Hey, bloody hell, that's a good movie. What is? Ready or Not. Who's it got in it? Um, oh, Samara, Samara Weaving. Weaving. Oh, you know, our professor, her. Simon's daughter. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> and honestly, she's like, she's fantastic. She I'm is so good so in this cool. film. But this, like, it's an hour and a half and it's like, you know, it's, it's a horror movie, but like it's a good modern sort of like original really? sort of story. Yeah. yeah, it's a great film. To be honest, the trailer didn't sell it for me. No, no the trailer didn't sell it for me either. And I'm like, oh, I'll get around to watching it. And we've had it at the shop for like a few weeks now at work. 
And I'm like, you know what? Like, yes, I was like, not doing anything this afternoon. I'm mm. going to watch it. Mm. And it was worth it. I loved every second. I was texting okay. my boss because I know he'd watched it and he, he loved it. And I was like, I'm up to this bit. And he's like, oh, yeah, just wait till you see what happens next. The oh. end, I'm not, I won't spoil it for you. You yeah, want to watch it. Like but the see, ending yeah, of that I, I movie. Yeah, the put, ending of that really movie is one of the greatest endings to a horror movie I have ever yeah. seen. Yeah, really? It was just like, ha, huh, that's brilliant. Okay. Like, just, watch. yeah, it, like, every beat's the thing that leads, and then, like, that ending happens, you're like, yeah. sick. Yeah. Like, yeah, so that's probably, like, and then, obviously, I'm going to go, I'll probably watch Marriage Story, like, tonight or tomorrow. Mm. Do it. Mm. It's worth And it. then, obviously, like, Judy and everything else, I'll work my way through them. But yeah, I strongly recommend... Cause I think Ford vs Ferrari comes out like on DVD next week. It might already be out on digital now. Yeah, you could probably For, just buy it on YouTube. Yeah, everyone to watch that film. Yeah, like I took my girlfriend to see it, and she was not keen at all. By the end of it, she was sitting on the edge of her seat, so engaged, and wanting to know what was about to happen. Like she was just mm-hmm. in love with this film, that did not appeal to her at all. Like it's no. such a powerful emotional drama. With car stuff. Matt Damon. Mm. With car stuff. I love Matt yeah. Damon. And Matt Damon and Christian Bale in this film are just, so holy good. shit. Yeah. Like, they are both, like, both of them deserved nominations for their roles in this. Like, they are just powerful beyond powerful. Yeah. You guys want to add to what you want? I, speaking of snubs, I watched <laughs> Uncut Gems, which is on Netflix. Yeah. Now. Oh, I want to watch it's, that. It's, I'm going to watch that it's too. It's really, really good. It's, like, super, like, like, I don't know, like, uncomfortable. I don't yeah. really like, like Adam Sandler though. But was nah, he good? Good, yeah, he's great. Like, it's really? just, just he has like one good movie a decade, and this is it. <laughs> didn't he? Didn't he promise something like if he didn't get nominated or something to make the worst movie of no, all time or that, something? That's going to be his last movie, apparently. Yeah, he, he, really. He's promised to make the worst movie ever, but yeah, it's like a genuine promise he's made. <laughs> I'm gonna have to watch it because I yeah. can't believe oh. he'd do something good. No, it's, no, it's great. Well, he's he, been he, in good things before. Yeah. yeah. Like what? I can't think of something. Uh, my head, but he has been <laughs> in things exactly. I've enjoyed. Exactly. Funny people. Um. Nothing. Yeah, the one. Um, uh, fuck. What's it called? If you say Happy Gilmore, I swear to God, Happy Gilmore's great. Happy Gilmore's also a fucking good movie. (laughs) It is. It is. Um, got the words later. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Um, is it the one with the kid? We're not thinking Big of the Daddy. One, the kid. Big Daddy. No, nah, <laughs> Click. He's in Click. I love oh, Click. Click's the best. Click shit. Click's so good. It's funny, but it's horrible. <laughs> What's um, next on your list? Uh, <laughs> moving on. Uh, the away. Good Place finished. I watched oh, The Good Place. Oh, yes. Oh, dude. Oh. Have you finished? Yes. Oh, so sad. So sad. It weird that I can't see you. Yeah, I know. I'm <laughs> just constantly, like, <laughs> leaning over spoons. Sorry. And, um... Did anyone see Birds of Prey? Yes, I was going to bring that up. I want to go see that. I haven't watched it yet. It was so good. DC finally got it right to me. Nick feels like he disagrees with that face. I didn't love it. Like, it's, I don't know. But was it not better? Oh, it's better than what they've done. It's better than half the shit they've done. Yeah. That's what I though. Like, I liked Wonder Woman more than, like, I hate, Wonder, bu- I hate Wonder Woman. What? No. What? It is a shit. Sorry, but it is a shit film. No, but. Incorrect, but. So sorry, raise hands. Who's seen Birds of Prey? Us two. Okay. okay. <laughs> it's no spoilers. The two people that literally just said they watched it and us two that went, we haven't no, seen it yet. Okay. <laughs> okay, mate. So, it's it's like they pulp fiction it. It's like not yeah, all. Yeah, I like that. Like they break up the story, and by the third time, like they have Harley the Quinn. Third time. Oh no. no okay. It's not, so they'll me. continue the story, and then Harley Quinn or Freeze Frame, she'll be like, oh, fucking rewind time. Watch 
Yeah. This is what yeah. happened Everyone before this. <laughs> and, and, um, Don't do that. <laughs> YouTube is... And, and um, yeah, no, they, they rewind it and they'll show like, you know, different perspectives or like they'll show it out of order and it mm. just got so boring. What? I, like, yeah, no, I got, I, I got sick of it. I got so no, sick of it. No, the way they did that, that it, was good like, it, because it, just, it didn't keep to that normal format. It just slowed like, it even right worse. down. I like the <laughs> Huntress though, but she's in it for like two minutes. Oh, spoilers. Yeah, you fuck bitch. you, Bitch, you weren't going to see it. I'm going to go see I'm it. I'm going to go see it. I might go see it tonight, actually. Uh, yeah. Go for it. Go for it. You slut. Spoilers. Huntress isn't in it enough. Sorry. It's 50 times better than Suicide Squad. Again, not hard. 100%. It was... I loved it. To be fair, I like Suicide Squad more than I like Wonder Woman, so... The only thing I didn't... I I just... I don't know. I didn't like the cop character, but everything else I was like, fine with. I didn't mind her. I just really Yeah, we're just like, yep. Sick. No, I kind of was waiting for her to kind of say, like, to stick it to the man. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. But, like... And it annoyed me when she didn't multiple times. But, like, when they introduced her, they were like, oh, she's a cop, and she says cheesy stuff from 80s movies. Yeah. Like, that didn't really make it enjoyable like like she was still cheesy and i was still like oh. yeah you didn't really uh, like I don't know. Uh, anyway moving on anyway you guys see it and oh, well, spoons. We'll, i think yeah we'll definitely watch it and form your own opinion of it because i think it was great it's a very mm. diplomatic solution it was spoons what else have you been watching or looking forward to <laughs> i've been on netflix a lot i've been <laughs> re-watching the vampire diaries and it's been great i love that. i have no life um, what else have I been watching? There was new DC Titans. It's kind of getting a bit boring though, which is sad. So I'm hoping it'll pick up again. Yeah, oh, I've heard it's like not Isn't great. Superboy no, and like Superdog really in there now? All I've seen is a clip. Oh, it's like I a montage of like Deathstroke killing people, and there's like yeah, he sneaks up on mm. a guy, and there's just a CG sword that goes through this dude. I'm like, I don't know. I'm just gonna have to keep have watching to see if it gets any better. Practically, but yeah. it's not doing great at the moment. We'll see. When mm. we didn't, we, I'm not very far in. Um, what else was I watching? I don't know. I don't know. I can't remember. All right, we'll move on then, Kat. No, 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 no. no. It's Naomi's no. turn to speak. Well, Kat can start. I might come back to you. Well, I watched... I've been watching Grey's. So I'm up to... I'm like almost finished season seven now. Um, Grey's Anatomy, mate. Oh. Keep up. <laughs> I've been going since before Christmas. Yes. <laughs> I remembered. So um, I, I thought you said Grace or Grey's. Grace. Uh, like, she said Grey's. <laughs> Um, finished oh, The Good Place, caught up on Riverdale, and I watched Avatar again for like the first time in like maybe six or seven years last night. And I. The the Blue People movie? Yeah, the James Cameron flick. Yeah. And I actually really, really enjoyed it. It Yet is. again. That's on our list. You should have waited. Yeah, you should have waited. You have to watch it again. But soon. I wanted to watch it, so I just, I'll just watch it again. Legit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I remember. I, I saw your little <gasps> moment. It was the season six of Brooklyn Nine Nine. Oh yeah, uh, so I watched that. I, I, the thing with Brooklyn Nine Nine, right? It's the, the first best. couple Wait. episodes. I can't get into it, but then after, it's just perfection and hilarious. Yeah. Like, Didn't season seven just start? With the first couple. Yeah, episodes? no, we get <laughs> we, we got season six like a couple weeks before season seven started. I was like, like that's been the thing for yeah. years. What's well, on Netflix? But like on S- yeah. it's on SBS. Like season yeah. six was on like yeah, last nah. year on SBS. Yeah, Can't so be bothered with SBS on demand. It's yeah, either. So slow. So we're gonna watch season seven. But um, uh, what else? I I, I don't know. I've been watching story. so many things and I can't think. 
I watched Bombshell as well. You saw it's, that, Yeah, right? I did see yeah. that. Yeah, it's I, good. I like that a lot. Yeah. Did my little sister to see that, probably. Oh! oh. Wait, how old is she? Oh. 15. Oh, Speaking of kids, my friend Kate works at a cinema, right? And some lady let in her 10-year-old daughters to see um, the Harley Quinn movie. Oh. Like, that is see, fucked because it is very gruesome. <laughs> like, I'm not kidding. There's things in there that make you squirm. That's the thing, though. As like, a 21-year-old, really... like, there's a 10-year-old and she was freaking out. Oh, 21. Yeah, there was one scene that I was <laughs> like, Ugh. But, like, a 10-year-old, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, she, this girl literally came out of the cinema and was crying and, like, Kate had to go look after her because she <laughs> oh was my freaking out. Oh, God. Like, what the fuck? But That's wild. The, yeah, I know. The... I don't know, the, the rating kind of seemed a bit unnecessary. What's the rating, MA? Yeah. But, like, the humour no. in it is like it's for, Kids. like, like younger teens. It's confused of where yeah. it's at, yeah. But, like, the like there's the, the part in the police station where she, like, does coke and, like, fights a bunch of yeah. people. Like, that's... It's yeah, in the trailer. Spoilers! Spoilers! I don't <laughs> care! You don't... Gruesome? There's oh. some really gruesome right. parts. Yeah. Ten-year-olds should not be in there. Should we insane. wrap it up? Yes. Oh, hang on. I'll yes, I forgot anything else on here. <laughs> yeah, so I have, I have, I have plans. <laughs> we all have plans. <laughs> um, I've okay. also started watching Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Is and it it's, good? It's funny, but everyone's just horrible in it. And it's, I hate that I love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> what did I put? I put on something on my to watch list that I wanted to ask people about that I can't remember. Next time you're back, Spence. In I another Oh, so I'm welcome. Oh, also, I just have a um, little thing to add. If you haven't seen Parasite but are just like waiting to go watch it, go watch Snowpiercer in the meantime. Oh, I love that movie, yeah. It's really, really good. I watched it when it first came out. Is that the Chris Evans on a train? Yes. Yeah. I hate have you that seen that film? It's no. Have you, have you seen really, the theory really that it's a sequel it. to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? What? <laughs> yes. Well, there's a, there's a <laughs> oh video on YouTube. God. No, watch it. There's like maybe one thing that contradicts oh, it, goodness. but watch watch this That's video. Weird. Like. Basically, How? everything winds up as it being a sequel to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. That's, that's so really crazy. Free. And, like, all the people from different rooms are different kids. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, but, like, basically, Charlie has grown up to become Ed Harris's character after inheriting... Who's Chris? Um, just the no one, maker. just a poor person. But, oh. <laughs> but um, oh. no, Chris but, Evans is not a poor person. <laughs> no, but, like, his character <laughs> is so fierce. All right. Um... So a massive thank you to Spoons for coming on this week. Oh, thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, anytime. You know. <laughs> what movie next week? Well, I was going to throw that to Spoons. Oh, mate. That last time y'all made me suggest a movie, you didn't tell me you were doing it, and I missed it. Silence of the Lambs. Oh. That was my recommendation. Well, will you come well, next we, week? We didn't, we, we didn't know you <laughs> wanted to join it. us. I yeah. loved that movie. <laughs> oh, well, do you have a suggestion for us? What's on the list? Yeah, she fully so doesn't have the list with her. <laughs> I can't access Actually, it anymore. Is it Clockwork, should we do Clockwork Orange? Or should, should we? Give... Did you hear that? Should we do? <laughs> or should we give it a break on the Kubrick? Yeah, we're doing probably, two Kubricks yeah, in like three weeks. Yeah. Right, we'll, we'll chill on Kubrick for uh, We. She said we again. Let's watch Avatar. <laughs> do you want to? Uh, I've, I've never seen Avatar. But Wait, why don't we just do Parasite? She said we again. Parasite's no, on the list. Parasite's oh, not on not the how this show works. Jesus Christ, stop saying we. She thinks Sorry, she's coming back every week. Part of this. <laughs> You're a guest. Also, I was, talk- 
I was talking to my mom and she said say, to say hi and that she thinks you're a really nice person. Oh, you can say hi back. She listens to this. <laughs> hi, <Yeah>. mom. <laughs> I miss you already. I miss the dogs too. Aww. They're so cute. Have you got the list up yet, Nick? Or do you want me to get yeah, it? Yeah, my mom's yeah, like our off. number one fan. I thought it was our camera roll, but it's not. I'm sorry for swearing. It's literally open on my phone. <laughs> oh, there you go. Oh, no, now it's not. There you go. Oh, thank you. What am I? Right, let's just fill the air. Is it green what um, I can do? Yeah. What a... What's on that? All that's on my list of stuff I list I watch was Arrow, but we kind of talked about that ourselves. Um, Yeah. I thought you've already done a few of these. We have. God, Spins, just pick one. Just just pick one. We'll say whether or not we've done an episode on it. Oh, okay. If she's on it, she should. You know what I really want to do? I really want to watch all the Lord of the Rings movies. No. I'm not doing I that don't now. Know, I don't so. have time for that. <laughs> I don't have time. Right. I've oh, got a two-hour assessment to do. Seven. I'm picking seven. Oh, hell yeah. No. Seven. Oh, with um, Morgan I, Freeman and I'm Brad big Pitt. on David Fincher, so seven. You'll enjoy listening to it then. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah. You should. Oh, my I'm God. You're going to be punching that. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to ASMR the end of this. Oh, God, please don't. If you create a theme tune for us, we'll give you $30. Oh, yeah. Do you want to say that when they're not talking? Guys. Shut Sorry. the fuck up. I have an announcement. <laughs> For anyone listening, if you send us a theme tune, can be literally if anything. If Spoons makes us one, she can come back next week. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I, I'm busy we doing the whole audio. We will each give you $10. <laughs> so currently that's $40 now because... What? <laughs> I'm not a part of this. It's only well, $10, bucks, mate. I'm yeah, you keep saying we. I literally had to pay over $800 to replace my brakes in my car yesterday, so... I'm wow. not giving $10 to anyone. If you want to send us that theme tune, you can send it to watchitagainpod at gmail.com. Have or we gotten c- a single email yet? No. No. <laughs> Bastards. If someone sends me an email, I will personally come to your house and like... That's a bit creepy. Have you record you reading it out? Yeah. yeah so to goes, include it into this. Yeah. That goes to all four of our listeners. Yes. Um, <laughs> oh, there's four of us now. We can take one each. <laughs> we can take Aww. one each. Um, you can Back also... mum. <laughs> no. Um... <laughs> <laughs> you can do someone else. That's so rude. <laughs> it's funny though. You can reach us at um, Watch It Again podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Um, leave us a review on iTunes. Otherwise, Spotify. Yeah, Spotify. We're now also on iHeartRadio. Oh, oh, yeah, I did a thing. Oh my god, that's <laughs> so our entire library is up there on well there as well. If you prefer to use that over Spotify or. Um, Apple Podcasts, you know, people have their preferences for things when they're driving or whatnot. So, yeah. Um, See, thank- we don't know how many listeners we get. Only Jacob knows. He's going to rock up with, like, a chain one day and a grill from all the money <laughs> he's making without telling us. Yeah. So, um, also, if you want to advertise with us, we will happily record an ad. We don't care. I'll sell myself out for anything. God, how many listeners do we have? I don't know. I don't want to tell you. It's a secret. Um, so, yeah, thank you, everyone for listening a big thank you to spoons for coming on this week and we will see you all next week with seven i'm jacob i'm kat i'm naomi i'm nick i didn't stitch up this time (laughs) yes you did (laughs) (laughs) i still got lost billy son of a bitch see you guys next week bye bye Bye, love you